All right, good morning, everybody. It's uh, Wednesday. Everyone pull themselves together. We're halfway there. It's going to be miserable tomorrow. Just deal with it. I'm dealing with, like, I had to edit something real quick. You know, you, you never have enough time in the day to do what you need to do. So, it is what it is. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Lead Live. I'm Louis Amistoy. The Lead, brought to you by Pint and Plow Brewing Company. I hope we'll be open tomorrow. We'll see. Texas Hill Country Advisors, they're advising us that there's going to be probably rain tomorrow. No, that's not what they're advising us on. K-Pub, safe, reliable, and yours. Uh, Greg Abbott says the power will maybe be on. I don't know. Peterson Health, we'll have some news about them here in a minute. And finally, Kerr County Abstract and Title Company. For all your titling needs, go see them. Also, uh, thanks to Wild Birds Unlimited, Shriner University, and a few others on their way. Arcadia. Beautiful morning this morning. It's foggy. It's rainy. It's potentially wretched outside. We'll get to you here. And there we are. Got a great show for you today here on The Lead Live. Jenna Peterson is here with her husband, Mike. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, uh, and then we have a glass blur coming on from... That's the wrong one. So there you go. Um, yeah, we have a great show today. And I, I got some things I want to talk about first. First off, the uh, National Weather Service is now saying that this is a winter storm warning. Uh, winter storm warning, everyone. And here's what they're saying about this. Um, what they're saying is that uh, we're going to see ice. Terrific. Um, for those of you who, like, remember last year's winter storm, you know, the good news is that this is not going to go on for days and days and days. It's going to come in, you know, tonight and into tomorrow and be gone. Uh, but still, it has the charming thing of ice. So here's what the National Weather Service is saying. Uh, uh, one to ten, uh, one tenth to a quarter inch of, of ice accumulation is possible in the winter storm warning area. That includes Kerr County. Uh, in most of the hill country, uh, there was, could be some, uh, how, however, some isolated higher pockets of accumulations are possible. Remember the winter storm last year, the biggest issue was that there was huge ice loads to the west of us. Um, and that's where really a lot of the problems were with the electrical stuff, was it just snapped those power lines all over the place. So, so to keep that in mind, trees could come down. It's going to be gross. Anyway, between a quarter and a half inch of, of sleet accumulation could occur in some spots across the hill country. Not snow. That would be too easy. We're going to have sleet and freezing rain. Golly. We're officially in winter storm warning. Winter storm warning. So there you go. Thursday's high is 26 degrees uh, with a low of 15. That continually shifts. Like I saw it as low as 12 uh, earlier on the National Weather Service, and now it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, yes, what, anyway. Um, so there you go. Uh, that's what we're looking at right now, and uh, it's going to be cold. It'll be continue to be cold all week uh, into next week, and there'll be some another chance of rain, I think, on Monday. But we'll see. Uh, the, politi the political stuff on this has already gone crazy. Remember Greg Abbott said that um, we will have the power turned on, right? The Texas Tribune is saying, mm, not so fast because ERCOT's telling people apparently we may have natural gas disruptions again because the weatherization is not as good as maybe they thought. I, I don't know. And apparently when we had the last cold snap around the first of the year uh, that this was this was a problem. 
we didn't feel it here because you know we have a diversified energy um, offering and we have really smart people that run K-Pub. Uh, so there you go. But Ross Ramsey for the Texas Tribune wrote, quote, uh, in late November, Abbott was walking, wishing along, right along with the rest of us when he told Fox 7 News in Austin that I can guarantee the lights will stay on. His office uh, uh, and his appointees reinforced that confidence with a PR campaign through the end of the year. Quote, no one can guarantee there won't be a load shed event. Abbott said Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I love it when they use code words that, that, to deflect from the reality of the situation. We're going to have a load shed event. What does that mean? Uh, what means is that you were kind of full of load previously, and now you're having to shed that load because you were full of it before. A load shed means they're going to like they're going to they're going to shut down they're going to shut down power power plants right because there'll be too much demand for the for the grid and all this other stuff. Uh, yeah, and then Ross Ramsey says load shed is is t the term for shutting off electric uh, power to, to groups or customers to keep demand below supply. It's a power outage, right? Yeah, you can't say load shed. You can't say power outage because that's a political a political catastrophe. But you, you you know, but just be honest with people. It's like, hey, you know, I don't. This is what I understand about politicians, right? Look, at the end of the day, you got to just say, here's the deal, you know. We, we aren't quite there yet, folks. It's going to take a year, year and a half. You know, I told lies about the power grid before. I'll, I'm, I'm going to stop telling lies about it. But again, then he continues to tell lies about it. I don't understand it. Why can't they just be honest? Get ahead of it. Anyway, I don't know. Enough of that. Uh, of course, locally, the story of the day, uh, there was two fascinating stories yesterday. One, uh, Michaela Taylor over at Jam Radio, Mike FM came out yesterday as transgender now uh michaela and here's the thing right uh and, and somebody just pointed out to me um one of my facebook uh colleagues told me uh lewis you got the pronouns wrong uh in what part of the story and like yeah i did I, I messed up so i went back that's what, that's what i was editing the question was at the end of the day was that uh michaela who we remember as mike taylor always identified as female, uh, going back to when she was a teenager. And so the proper deal is to say, you know, she. Um, and for some of you, that's going to be confusing and hard. But what a, what a, uh, I put the whole video in the newsletter today, and I'll make that available to everybody later on. Um, but I'm telling you right now, it's a really stunning piece of, of, of confession. Uh, you know, he led to years or she, she experienced years of drug and alcohol abuse. Um, and, and the biggest, her biggest concern was losing her family. She's married, um, uh, and has five children, uh, two, two of her own and then three stepchildren. So the question got onto for her was like, if I come out, am I going to lose my wife and I'm going to lose my, my, my children? And the wife was like, uh, no, you're not. And there you go. So when they told the children, they told they told this, uh, you know, the the fa the parents. They told they told Jam Broadcasting, like Justin McClure, who owns Jam Broadcasting with Les his wife, his wife Leslie. They're like they're like good folks, right? So they they said, no, we have your back. Uh, Michaela said that telling her parents was really challenging. So. You know, that's where that's where we're at. 
See, folks, this is the deal, right? This is the inclusion and diversity moment that we're all trying to, d to deal with here, right? This is what scares the hell out of a lot of folks, is that we could talk about somebody who we saw one way, but the reality of it was was far different, right? And this was a person that suffered for many years through depression and anxiety and drug abuse and alcohol abuse and really wants to live their life a certain way. And you may not like that, but too bad because that's what they want to live their life. And if their family's okay with it, then you should be okay with it as well. And, if she, and, and, and she's a she. Michaela's going through the hormone therapy treatments now to, to make the transition. And, and uh, I tell you what, it was a terrifying thing. It's, a re it's really brave. I mean, look. Michaela showed more courage than Greg Abbott did, you know. I mean, Greg Abbott can't tell you the truth about the power grid, but she said, hey, this is my situation. This is where I'm at. It was remarkably candid. Now, not, my question for her was yesterday, I said, this is a very conservative community. I'm sure the mustachioed knucklehead over at one of the other radio stations will have something to say about it. Um, maybe not. You know, who knows? Um, so we, we will see. Um, and I remember I ran a story in the Daily Times uh, you know, uh, about a couple years ago, about a couple, a lesbian couple, they were uh, the, the one partner. She had a gene that was uh, caused this really aggressive form of breast cancer, and it had killed. I think her. Uh, I think I think it killed her. I can't remember who it killed. It killed a cousin, and maybe a sister, um, and. And so she was going to have the full-on double mastectomy and, you know, to get ahead of this thing uh, because she had the gene and was most likely going to have it as well. And I, I didn't think twice about it, you know. And, and, and here's the remarkable thing about America in the 21st century, right? If you work in corporate America, and I, I worked for a lot of big companies in my career. I also worked for a big oil and gas company. And I didn't learn about inclusion and diversity until I started working for oil. I didn't, didn't know anything about pansexual until I worked for an oil company. Now, Lewis, we were, this is where, where, where we, they had an LGBTQ committee. You were an ally. So how do you become an ally for those, for those folks out there? Um, but my response from some of these people was, and I'll never forget it either. It was the guy who runs Del Rio Motors. Calls up and he's like, you can go to hell, basically. I was like, good. Click, you know. Like, I don't want your business anyway because you're a jackass. And there you go. So... Um, I said it. I can say these things. So I'm hopeful that we're going to have respectful conversations and that there's going to be tools out there in the world who don't understand this situation. But, I mean, like, like Michaela was telling me yesterday, there is no cure for this, right? There's no magic drug for this, right? Um, there's no wishing it away. You know, a lot of people think, you know, that, you know, gay people can be like cured, right? No, they can't. It's not a cure. They don't, they don't need to be cured. They're fine the way they are. Let them love who they want to love. Let them be who they want to be. Doesn't, if it doesn't, if it bothers you, then, then it, look, the, I mean, look, the, I mean, I just, I don't know, but there we go. Um, I know what I like, you know, what you like, just deal with it. So and I don't want to see anybody, like, kissing in public anyway, you know, because that's just gross. Anyway, all right. Uh, remember that in high school? Like, you'd go, you'd, like, walk down the hall, and there was, like, a couple, like, in the locker, basically, trying to get into the locker together. You know, you're like, stop it. Yuck. The other big news is Joe Herring Jr. is running for city council. 
place three city council. I'm certain. Look, here's here's. Let me be candid with you folks, right? I know some of you out there are going to try to paint Joe as like a blue-haired um, crazy man, right? I don't know Joe's politics, right? I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat because you know why? It doesn't matter on the city council. It's a nonpartisan race. Last week we had the Texas Hill Country or the Hill, uh, Republican women of Kerr County on the show, and they were made it very clear that they were going to have a say in the in the uh, in the process, right? But you would be a fool, I think, if you ran a candidate. And they had a candidate there, sitting next to Bonnie White, who was the former mayor of Kerrville. Uh, Bonnie got got beat by Bill Blackburn decisively. Um, so so she's not a kingmaker, okay? And if you're going to run against Joe Herring Jr., you better you better you better have dirt, right? Good luck. Um, Joe is formidable. I talked about this yesterday that Brendan Hughes is the most formidable political candidate um, in Kerrville. I think period. Then Joe Herring jumped in, right? Because all you can say with Joe Herring is he's an enthusiastic supporter of Kerrville, right? Uh, so so who's going to run against him? I don't know. I The person I suspect will run, um, I – I'm not going to have her on this show if she runs. You know why? Because she's a conspiracy theorist and a QAnon supporter. So if that's who your ch- your choices are on this deal, then no. Sorry. Not going to happen. Um, and if that's who they're going to run, then, you're, then your political party is in deeper trouble than I thought. So, in fact, why do we have political parties anyway? It's just, <sighs> be done with them. Poof, be gone with the political parties. Uh, but Joe Herring Jr. is going to run for uh, for city council. He was the mayor of Kerrville, and this is I love this too. Like I put a story up, and I, you know, like all you have to do is click on the story, you know, and it'll tell you that he was the mayor of Kerrville from 1992 to 1994. He was the youngest mayor in Kerrville's history at 30. Right, he still holds the distinction today. So 30 years later, he's running for he's 60 years old now. Uh, he wears the hat very well. But some people are like, wasn't he the mayor? I'm like, it literally says it in the story. Click on the story. We don't read anymore. That's, never mind. The New York Times had a fascinating story today about the labor market. So everyone's like, oh, people don't want to work anymore. And you know what? Basically, the New York Times says, yeah, damn straight they don't want to work anymore. You know why? Because they don't work part-time. And this is an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about this before until I read the story that a lot of places rely on part-time workers, right? They rely on the part-time workers to keep the benefit expenses down for the companies, right? So if you have, if you work full-time at McDonald's and they have to pay, you know, they pay you, they're going to pay you 20 bucks an hour, which I was in Austin over the weekend and I saw Chick-fil-A was paying $20 an hour, but you only work four hours a week. I mean, that's not really that big of a deal, right? Um, so... So they're resisting this sort of movement around part-timers and things like that. Uh, and people are saying, I don't want to work part-time. I want to work full-time. I need benefits. I need to have a full-time job. I'm not going to do this part-time BS anymore. And they had several kind of you know anecdotal examples of this. Like one girl who worked at Chipotle, right? Uh, Chipotle would only give her like less than 20 hours a week because that was cost beneficial to them. They didn't have to offer benefits or... You know, like if you're lucky enough to work full time at Chipotle, you get benefits. You might get you know tuition reimbursement, but for most of their employees, they don't get any of that, right? 
And, and, and workers are saying, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to work 20 hours a week at your stupid restaurant making burritos. You know, no. If I'm going to work, work making burritos and work full time and I'm going to get paid. But that's where we're at. So there's that net narrative out there. And so I think that's one of the reasons why you see so many fast food jobs out there. Is one, it's incredibly labor intensive to make it. And two, they don't want to pay anything. So there you go. Someone signed up for my uh, email newsletter with a Netscape account, by the way. That wasn't you guys, was it? No, does Netscape even still exist? I didn't know that they did. <laughs> um, no, so I'm, I'm old school. I use Yahoo you still. Use, you use Yahoo. Um, that is old school. I'm, but I'm not quite like AOL right. Netscape. Right. AOL rocks. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, look at this. We have half the city council uh, uh, on it right now. So um, let me see here. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of things, too. Apparently, there's already a run on toilet paper for folks. You might want to go over to HEB and get some uh, some TP. That might be something you might want to be able to do. Uh, fortunately, I'm gluten-free, and no one buys that crap, so I'm I'm okay. I'm going to be all right for, for Thursday. Um, no one buys the gluten. Uh, that's what happened during the pandemic. Like Everything was sold out except the gluten-free stuff because people who were like normal were like, I don't want that. Oh, also the vegan stuff. The vegan stuff, Satan yeah. Satan and tofu, yeah. you were squared away. Squared away. I can't stand tofu. Do you like tofu? I do. Uh, do you really? Yeah, it's all in the way you marinate it and prepare it. Uh, that's terrible. Sorry. I know. I, I don't mean to be a disappointment there's so some, early in the I, morning. I probably have, I, I probably have had good, good tofu. I just can't remember it. So. Valid. Um, a couple of other things I want to point out real quick here. Uh, the United Methodist Church will be having their, they'll be having a warming center starting tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the morning until dark. So if you are, it's be over in the gym at First United Methodist Church over there on Thompson Drive. So get over there. Um, and get over there and, and bug uh, Pastor David Payne for me because he's a good guy and I like to bug him. Um, and don't forget about your pets, according to Karen Guerrero. She's bothering me already. She's like, get your pets inside. Unless it's a husky. Then just leave it outside because they don't mind. Trust me. A lot of you Texans have dogs that don't belong here. Like like any dog, like a Pyrenees dog doesn't belong here. Uh, there's a lot of new fees I know I see here. Can you imagine how miserable it must be for a newfie uh, in 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 July and August in this in this state? Bulldogs really don't belong anywhere in the United States other than like the Northeast. But yeah, get get them inside. They'll probably freeze to death or overheat if you put them in. The, I don't know. They're a mess. So uh, keep your dogs in there. Run out. And get your toilet paper. A couple other comments that we've got, too, as well. Uh, Tawny Fontaine-Jenner um, saying, I shed a load when I got my third, my third divorce. <laughs> so, pretty good. Um, uh, yes, yesterday the Kerrville Daily Times reported that Bill Blackburn, who has been saying it for months, literally came up to me a few days ago, a few weeks ago, and said, counting down the days until he was no longer mayor. Hey, what are you doing out of school, huh? Well, Austin, what are you doing out of school? Why are you not in school? Uh, I'm in my work program class, so I need to leave to come here. Why? Well, go make me some more coffee. Get him. Austin. These kids. See, they don't want to work, right? <laughs> I'm in my work, but I'm here. I'm here. The, uh, anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's our, that's our news. Do I have anything else that I wanted to get out there? Um, 
Let's see. The weather's going to be terrible. Greg Abbott lies. Oh, oh, Don Huffings, who's running for governor, he, he got on there, and he was like, you know, he's running against, against, uh, against Abbott. And Huffings got those big old signs on I-35, you know, complaining about Abbott. He also wants to get rid of property taxes. Like, well, what, how are we going to what, 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 what's your plan? What are we going to solve that? You know, he doesn't know. Better what work got on there, and uh, he went on, he went on, and everything like that. And anyway, oh, COVID nineteen. Um, God, forgot about COVID nineteen. How can we forget about that? So, thirty five thousand cases yesterday. Twelve thousand one hundred people admitted. Uh, DSHS, which is usually wrong about most things, from what I can tell, said yesterday that we had 70, 74 new cases in Kerr County. Um, I, I'm not. I don't. I just don't know what to make of those numbers that they post every day now. That they do like here's confirmed and here is what so confirmed to them is PCR test. Probable is an antigen test, right? Uh, and so pro, pro, yesterday they said there was thir- 44 confirmed cases, which was the largest number that I have seen from the state in quite some time. So I don't think we're quite done with this yet. Although Peterson's numbers on Monday were pretty good, considering like when we say 35 people in the hospital is pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, my guess, my gut tells me, because Peterson won't tell me anymore. I, even, I ask every day, like, how many people are vaccinated? Because they had a stat at one point that was like 98% weren't vaccinated. So I suspect that trend to be kind of continuing as well. Okay, uh, Jennifer Peterson is here. Uh, did I get? Did I, did I say your first name right? You did. Yeah, okay. You did very um, so here's the deal, Jennifer Peterson. They live up on Mountain Laurel View. Uh, which is a real nice neighborhood. Uh, believe it or not, I actually helped my wife deliver papers up there one day. When she's, when she works at the Daily Times still. So we went up there and... Uh, um, nice community, but there's, there's, a, there's a piece of property behind them. Uh, it, it's kind of... It has a Coronado Drive address. And... They got wind of the fact that there was a developer wanted to come in and put, put about 45 homes in there. And Jennifer came back with like, and she has a, she has a manila, manila envelope with her right now, armed with data. Um, and I argued that this was probably one of the most formidable presentations that was made to the, uh, to the city council or to the planning, planning and zoning commission. And essentially you got a round of victories there. Um, yeah. as well. It took some effort, but we got there. It wasn't like resounding victory. We had to negotiate it and, and fight. But really, um, I was really very surprised, pleasantly surprised at how thoughtful the planning and zoning board was mm-hmm. about our concerns, uh, really looked at the information that we provided about our worries, right. um, and really tried hard to give us the opportunity to work with the developer on coming to a solution that would be amenable to everybody. Right. And and I'm I'm of the thought that a deal that nobody's happy with is a deal that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as there's some kind of compromise in there as well. Yeah, so we were um, we got the notification from the city about the development being proposed. Many of us have uh, purchased our houses along Mountain Laurel in the last few years. Um, and the real estate community has been feeding a line mm-hmm. to prospective buyers right. about the heights and that little donut yeah. um, that it's that it's planned to be a green space. Right. And um, and I'm not sure if that's ignorance or intentional, 
Um, and really, you really um, should only pay attention to a property owner's intentions, right. not a not necessarily an agent. Um, we, we, we bought our house a year and a half ago. Right. We're recent transplants. Right. Um, love Kerrville. Right. Love Kerrville. Um, and so the, the properties behind us are a significant grade above our property. There's um, anywhere from a 20 to 10% grade uh, in the acreage behind our property. Uh, prohibitive uh, to do any sort of civil work. Uh, very rocky. Right. Very hilly. Uh, it can be done, uh, but it won't be cheap. They're going to do it, a lot of grading. They're going to have to do a lot of grading. They're going to have to do a lot of terracing. Yeah. Otherwise, right. um, there's going to be an awful lot of stormwater. Um, right now, it's it's all wild. It's all trees and foliage. Um, yeah. So the ground is absorbing all of the stormwater. Now, um, when that gets developed into rooftops and driveways, that grade down, right. um, stormwater catchment systems will be helpful. Um, but there's still going to be watershed. There's going to be more water flowing down downstream uh, than there is now. And at first, what got my attention was uh, we're going to lose this beautiful wild space. Right, right. Um, but you know, closer examination of it was, and, and that can be a very not in my backyard kind of response. And that's right. not fair because right. it's not my property. Right. Um, it's not my business to tell anyone else what to do with their property as long as it doesn't negatively impact me or my neighbors. Um, so that was my initial response, and the more I looked at it, the more I realized that I was going to be just fine. Because mm -hmm. um, your backyard, from the photos, was pretty well done. Someone spent some money, the previous owner spent some money. Somebody did a really nice job of yeah. making sure that we've got good retaining walls. Right. Um, so I'm going to be just fine. But the more I looked at it, the more I realized that, and the more I dug into it, I realized that when Mountain Laurel was developed, it created a larger flood zone mm -hmm. on foothills, right. the adjacent street. And so um, 11 years ago, when uh, FEMA relooked the flood maps, um, after, our after our street had been developed, now our neighbors had to pay for flood insurance. Right. And the drainway that was put behind foothills is not a city-maintained drainage way. It belongs to the property owners, and they don't have the capacity to manage a floodplain. No. Um, so, so here I am looking at here's this history, this actual history where houses get developed uphill, people down downstream end up with flood zone. Right. And so here's 40 more houses. The only logical thing to assume is that people downstream are going to experience a larger floodplain. Right. And it may not necessarily negatively impact me specifically. Again, I, I think we're going to be just fine. But my neighbors on Foothills, on Glen, on East and West, they're already struggling with poor drainage. So I have the, I have the, yeah. I have the, the map up here. Okay. And I'm going to try to avoid the, the fact that the roadway looks like a phallic symbol. Uh, from the, the I didn't. I've been looking at this for months and never noticed. Thanks know, for yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. You're sorry, just a teenage I, I just, boy, aren't you? I, yes. <laughs> I mean, never cultivate a dirty mind, and there, there it goes. Um, actually, I saw that in one of the meetings one time, um, and I was like, good grief. There's some intentionality there. <laughs> uh, okay, so if you're looking, you can see my 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 cursor here. Yes. Um, 
Somebody mm-hmm. put a lot of effort into a drainway. Right. For so you have heights. this big drainway for mm-hmm. this critter up here, which is the Heights, right. which here is the Heights, mm-hmm. um, which is a state sized housing. Right. Which is pretty much undeveloped at this point, I think. It's a uh, lot of raw land, which is wonderful. There's lots of absorption. Right. Uh, those are very valuable properties. It's beautiful. I assume it's beautiful up right. there. I can't get through the gate. I'm not allowed. Right. There's like, what, 10? houses back there right so uh, anyway currently, but all the lots are sold yeah so so this really okay i, I just can't avoid this I, yeah this here area is where so on glenview there'll be an access road here mm-hmm. um and then on laurelwood there'll be an access road the access roads are already there it's right. very so, clear that at yeah. some point someone was already planning yeah. to expand right. this. But the thing about this, this property has a really interesting history, yeah. and I wasn't here for all of this. I'm new. I'm learning all of this through public records. Right. Um, that a property was you know, foreclosed upon. It's been considered distressed. It's been a failed development over and over and over again. Right. It was acquired by a company out of Dallas called PNL, okay. uh, Property Management, and, and PNL stands for Profit and Loss. Not it's a real, pretty, a pretty blunt, uh, not pretty real blunt. creative. Right. They created an LLC called the Heights LLC. Right. And worked with the city to develop this this plan. Yeah. Um, and when they developed their plan with the city, they left that donut of land there. And when they left that donut, it left that land in the county. Um, they so this is this is really an interesting oversight by the city, allowing this land right. to stay county. Right. Um, because we've had people hunting back there uh it really should have never been a little donut it right. should have been absorbed and into i think everyone every, everyone pretty much admits that too absolutely right. we're 100 percent on board with annexation but i think the interesting thing about this conversation and i wrote about this initially was that this speaks to the fact that there's going to be some real battles in texas because you didn't have just this project you had there was another project too where it was sort of re type housing um but they wanted to go into um, uh, R1 um, development, and the neighbors were like, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. And then they were told, like, look, there's literally nothing we can do to stop this because the state has taken, taken away our power to, to, um, to regulate some of these developments. Yeah. Um, but you had agreement with your neighbors. You had a petition drive. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about that well, experience. Oh, uh, boy, that was fun. Uh, we actually... Uh, it turns out that the notification range for these developments is, I think it's 200 feet, 250 right. feet. Right. So uh, really, uh, hardly any of the people that were actually going to be impacted by the development got notified. Okay. So, um, and please keep in mind, we have no HOA. Yeah. We have no lawyers. We are not a neighborhood association. Right. I am just some hippie that moved in recently and saw this thing and went, whoa, wait a minute. You're an army hippie, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm the cool kind. And I got a pitchfork. You got a pitchfork, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys um, are uh, you guys are uh, army army. We're hippies. both army vets. Uh, right. Yeah, we're both army vets. But um, I mean, your your background, though, to you, you know, in project management, said mm, there's some problems. Right. So I've done some work with the federal government. Um, I'm not a a licensed engineer. I'm a construction project manager, but I worked for the Directorate of Public Works at Fort Hood as a master planner. Right. And paying attention to stormwater drainage, um, vulnerable populations was uh, what I did for a living. Um, And it just 
One of the things that about the, and, and the compromise for the neighborhood was, um, I, I feel like we were maybe misrepresented a little bit mm. in the last city council meeting right. as, as being a, a big bunch of rabble rousers, not in my backyard. Right. Um, well, yeah. We're human. We'd like right. we'd like what we want. But, but I think that's the thing that's interesting, though, too, to me, is that you have some of these folks out there who are trying to say, yeah, that, what you know, how are you going to negatively, you're going to negatively impact my property with your property, you know? Well, and, that, and how do you balance that out? That's the question of the day. Because, well, you know, like, it's like, if, if and, and there is a certain shred of truth, even though, you know, to the fact that if it stayed in the county, there'd be no zoning and I could put a pig farm behind in your backyard. Well, so that's really interesting. Mm. The first time we met with the planning and zoning board, um, you know, I'm pretty new in town and, yeah. and I don't know faces and I don't know names, right. but I was listening in the planning and zoning board and there were some really ugly things said under breath mm. uh, leading up to the presentation. Right. Um, it, it appeared to me uh, representatives of the developer in one form or fashion. Yeah. Um, they can complain all they want. We're still going to do this. Yeah. If they don't like it, we can. We'll just put single whites back right. there. Right. So. Yeah, that was that was something that was actually said. Right? said yeah, yeah, yes. It was on the record, right? We'll just put storage back there. Right. If you don't allow this, it could be so much worse. Um, which is, um, you know, thanks for threatening the community. Right. Um, <laughs> what a great way to build good neighbors. Um, yeah, I, I look at it from the perspective of that this was a strategic messaging miss on the part of the developer, which is interesting. Like, this is one of those unintended consequences. You didn't actually have, they didn't have to actually do what they did. They didn't have to show a plat, you know. Uh, and they no. still don't have, they still have to pass through the platting process. And are you, you going to resist, are you going to be able to fight that part of it well, too? Well, I don't know about fighting. Or fighting isn't really appropriate. Right. Um, because... If, if the engineer does a good job, mm -hmm. um, they will address um, the terracing that will need to happen, the grading that needs to happen, the right. stormwater management, but they're going to have to do all of those calculations. Right. Well, the thing about the city council, the, so we, we did all that with planning and zoning. We had two meetings with planning and zoning, and it was tight. Um, it was contentious. Um, it was long. It was long. Yeah, <laughs> it was right. a little painful. Right. Um, but in the end, there's never been a sit down down with the neighborhood and the, the actual owner of the property. Right. It's always been proxy agents. Yeah. Proxy agents who are part of the community. Right. Part of the community who have, who have an interest. Right. Uh, these are people who are going to make money mm -hmm. on this project going right. forward. So when, when those voices are given more time at council than a citizen, yeah. uh, when, when, when you're dealing with with people who are decision makers, who are in the same industry, who will, in one way or another, right. profit. Yeah. Um, it really can make it seem like city government is not interested in what's good for the right. citizens. Also, the uh, the folks represented the folks in the neighborhood as just wanting nothing back there or being concerned with this NIMBY thing. And right. that was absolutely not the concern. Right. We were absolutely Folks. willing to compromise. RE yeah. was our idea. Right. We came up with the, here's our compromise. Right. You know, RE reduces the number of driveways. It reduces the, the number of roads. It, it, it keeps the amount of permeable um, soil surface right. high. So that water absorption, it's less impact downstream. And you're and, and, and go back let me go back to the map for a second here. Yeah. So if you can imagine for a second here, we put all these houses in here. Um, the the proposal is that they were gonna put 
like here's my little line. You can see that this is where they were going to put uh, uh, basically a, a, a gigantic uh, underground storm drain um, to take all that water. That's but good. then it but then it would put it right into this critter here, which is these retaining ponds. Exactly. Um, and then uh, and here's the thing that's interesting about this too is that. This then dumps into valley. Right. Exactly. Right. And onto Glen. And Glen. And, you know. and all the way down to Elm Creek Park. Right. So this becomes one big flood zone. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so, Currently. because this is not very, I mean, they put some money into this with the, with the right. overflow pieces, but it's not right. that big. And if so. you look at the flood zone maps, which I think I also included, mm -hmm. those houses there that, um, that where the driveways are, uh, they're on valley. Right. Those houses are already in a floodplain. Right. Mm -hmm. The fact that that retention pond is there has not made a difference. Mm -hmm. Their flood zone still grew. Right. And, and the city just completed some repair work from the last flood. Oh, right. That right. was really interesting. Mm -hmm. That came up in the last city council meeting. Why, why don't we hear people complaining about it? Nobody well, got the answer, though. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody right. was allowed to answer because everyone's four minutes was up. Right. Um, we had neighbors trying to call back in and say, well, I, I, I can answer that. You know, <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> but the city just um, in the last few months has spent time at that park and on Valley doing drainage work. The city was doing work. They and know. then the city council acted like, nah, it's not really happening. Right. That's and, interesting. And some of these houses in here, um, so it sounds like Mountain Laurel initially wasn't maybe done correctly itself. Um, I, I am of the opinion, yeah. and uh, this is only conjecture because right. I've only been here for a very short time, yeah. uh, that the terracing that has had to happen in the backyards um, has been, uh, ha happened post-development. Right. And um, so mine was done really nicely. My neighbors, um, they, they're also recent. Uh, so here, that house here's a house right years. here where you can see there's no, there's barely any, like it just kind of runs into the, mm -hmm. yeah. And so you had video of, of, oh, yes. some, of somebody like, it was like a waterfall. Yes, that's my, that's yeah, my neighbor. Right. That's my neighbor. Yeah. And yeah. then some of these you can see that have had some significant work done, mm -hmm. probably on their own dollar. Yes, yeah, absolutely. To, to and, and so when this gets developed, mm -hmm. it is my greatest hope that despite the fact that the, the has gone R1 and, right. and they're going to go ahead and put in uh, more houses than we feel like we, we care for, um, it is our greatest hope that the, the builder pays really close attention to um, terracing right. um, so, that we're, so that those um, permeable surfaces don't become part of a watershed right, right. into our properties. The point was brought up also um, that if we have damage from this, we can sue. Mm. Well, I don't know about you, but I've got better things to do with my time and money than hire a lawyer right. to chase down something that should have been done right in the first place. Right. And who are you going to sue? Right. Yeah, really, this LLC can just, LLCs are beautiful corporate entities because they can just disappear right they go away and, and they can just they they, they, yeah. they can they can be you know hard to find so i guess yeah. in some cases yeah, right. yeah. and so then who are we left suing mm. like two years down local, the road yeah. or three left, years down the we're road we're left suing local builders we're right. left suing local engineers we're left chewing on each other over this development over something that somebody from out of town is trying to push and make profit right. off of now my argument though is that and this is one thing that the city council has said too that there is a tremendous need 
uh, for for housing, uh-huh. uh, which if you look at the housing that's out there now, there's not much available. Oh, that's but an this interesting is, argument, this isn't is it? This is not, though, affordable housing, though. Well, it's, it's, it's not even that it's affordable. Right. So this is this is the same group of people mm-hmm. that prior to our discussion about this development, mm-hmm. um, and, and please understand that I, uh, I feel no ill will towards anybody who wants to turn their, their property into a short-term rental. Right. But when you turn a property, allow a property to become a short-term rental, you're essentially taking it off the market. Right. So for the city council to allow houses to come off the market and then use not enough houses on the market as the stick to cudgel us with, mm-hmm. really kind of disingenuous. Right. Um, what do you think... Uh, and you know the developers' issue here too is like, well, we can't afford to build estate houses. We have to build. We have to build. Build, you know, these these homes as well. Do you think it's going to negatively impact? Are, are there still things that they could do that would make you happy with the situation? Or sure. Like, you know? If they if they built re, if they. Um, are mindful about uh, drainage ways mm-hmm. that the city becomes owner of, right. not private property owners. Right. Terracing, good civil engineering. Right. It needs really good civil engineering to make it okay. Yeah. And they need to do their very best to keep stormwater on that property. Right. But and the problem is that even with the good engine or the best engineering, you know, that water is going to go downhill and still affect the folks. Yeah. That are Down, already downstream. On Valley and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm not sure how you solve some of that, some of those issues as well. Uh, you could put in big um, catch basins, I guess, or deeper catch basins, or you could do something <laughs> like uh, in the caliche. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, right. So, uh, so the idea that that they can't make enough money uh, is not our problem. Mm-hmm. That is not Kerrville's problem. Right. This developer out of Dallas bought this land knowing they're there this is great I brought this today to show you yeah their whole um, their whole strategy really they they um, they have a diverse acquisition program that they acquire special assets with a variety of problems or challenges right they bought this property distressed they went into it speculating that we can change the rules we can manipulate the local government we can hang on to it long enough that right. people will forget and then we'll make a killer profit right and and what I, I I understand the concern about need for housing I really do um, and we provided an option that would be less impactful and would still allow for how more houses to be right. built up there I don't think those are ever going to those aren't going to be affordable houses. Um, the amount of civil work that's going to have to go into them, the terracing, the stormwater, it, the the um, the underground utilities for right, that is right. going to be incredibly expensive. Because it'll be affordable to a very few. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah, Mount Laurel is a nice. Well, when a three-bedroom, two-bath house with two thousand square feet is now going for three hundred sixty thousand dollars, that gives you an idea of where those houses will probably land in that in yeah. that range and there's yeah. no incentive like we're seeing with the Lenar project to keep them keep them in that price range you're not well. going to have teachers and police officers moving into no, that neighborhood probably not probably retirees so probably uh, and you know that's us i get it yeah yeah um and i and i get how it can look like we just don't want to lose our green space what did you, now would have you gone and said to like reach out to like so in the city council's voted three two uh-huh. Uh, Kim Clarkson, Judy Eichner, and Mayor Blackburn all 
voted for the project. Aren't a couple of those people already in the real estate industry? Well, though? two of them are in the real estate industry, yeah, but I don't know. That's interesting, isn't it? I don't know that they're, well, I think they're also pragmatists as well. That's my, that's my opinion on them. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily know they'll profit directly from this, obviously. I, I doubt that. Hmm. Um, but it's possible. I mean, it is. Of maybe, course. maybe in the resale market. With, with a title transfer. Well, sure. Yeah. More houses in the market yeah. means more profit right. for folks in the real estate I industry. I think, though, that they balance that. My struggle with this is that I think they're trying to balance out the, um, you know, yes, the real estate professionals, which, you know, honestly, in, 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 the, in a city council setting, I've said before, it's helped the city navigate some of these issues to have these people who understand because land use is the biggest, the biggest issue they're going to deal with most, most of the time. Mm -hmm. But the challenge I think is, do you go back to them and say, Hey, we really are concerned this maybe meet with them one-on-one -on -one individually. Mm -hmm. how, are you going to do that? I would, I would love to do that. Okay. Um, and so if those individuals, I understand uh, mayor Blackburn is retiring. Um, but uh, yes, I would very much like to meet with those individuals and, and talk about this further if they'd be amenable. Right. Um, if I'm just a rabble rouser. Um, right. <laughs> and you, you notice I'm being very careful not to mention names or slander right. um, because we all do live here and we right. live here together. We have to work together for the benefit of the community as right. a whole. And, and that includes people who lived here and pay taxes yeah. here. Uh, Council member uh, Kim Clark, uh, Clarkson is uh, uh, is in there saying that she will meet with you. Oh, lovely! Uh, and she is not a realtor and will receive no profit. But she is she is in the title business. But you know whether yeah. or not that affects them or not, I don't know. There's a lot of title she, companies here. That's not a nonprofit company. Right. That's true. Um, there's a couple okay. comments too. P and Z and the city council have to follow the established law and procedures and treat everyone equally. Developers make significant investments in the property like this, knowledge of existing laws and procedures. You can't change it based on the temperature of the neighbors. These are some of the comments we're getting. Mm, okay. But Kim Clarkson saying, I would be happy to discuss with anyone why I made the decision I made. Okay, so, that's great. Yeah. Um, the, the, the issue, though, I mean, I think it's such a fascinating conversation because, to me, it, it brings up this big issue, too, because Texas has put in place now rules and laws that say, look, you know, if you don't get this approved in 30 days, it's approved, um, which is the newest the newest thing. There is a, a, a water, uh, you cannot affect the, the drain, the runoff uh, of, you know, uh, how, do they, how, do they, how do they describe this? This was a new one. I didn't hear this one before. Yes, uh, they, actually, that's actually been Texas law for a little while. Yeah, you can't when change. You, when you make new development, you can't uh, impact your neighbors. Right. Um, more than current. More, more than, than current. More than they're currently right. impacted. Right, um, and it'll be interesting to see how they're going to address that issue or what is the standard is it like, like well you're again so how do we prove that do yeah. we take pictures now and then take pictures later and then again are you sort of are you sort of flooded or are you kind of flooded I mean, well, that's, uh, and the, it puts the onus on citizens yeah. to prove that they've been wrong right when it it's the city that's allowing these things to happen right and and the city council um bears no long-term responsibility. By the time this is all done and the houses are built, we're mm -hmm. three, four, or five councils down the road, and that council right. uh, bears no responsibility for the decisions of previous councils. Right. Um, so then it's on the citizens to get, again, we're, we're dealing with the legal system. Yeah. And, and, then, and then citizens who have um, limited means uh, then have to go find lawyers, fight a, a multi-million dollar corporation out of Dallas 
Right. Or find this LLC that's going to go poof. Poof and be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the one of the issues, though, I think, though, that, that we're going to have a long, um, you know, uh, a long issue uh, with. And, you know, I think also, too, that, um, you know, that one, I think one of the things that people have to realize, too, is that the city council and this is my one option, I think, to you, both of you, is that. The city council, in my opinion, and the planning and zoning are sort of limited. Uh, I was actually surprised that the PNZ voted against, um, voted voted to do RE. I was surprised by that because um, I figured that that was a, a, a that the city staff had this, and that the PNZ would follow the city staff recommendation, um, and they didn't, which is interesting as well. Well, we had some pretty compelling arguments right, um, right. for existing conditions that right. are untenable. Right. Uh, another interesting, a, a thing I find interesting, yeah. and, and maybe this isn't really an issue, but I find it interesting that the PNZ board is this group of volunteers, this yep. group of people who volunteer to analyze uh, debate. Uh, the PNZ board is this very open forum where mm -hmm. there's debate back and forth. Um, the parties have the opportunity to go back and forth, um, almost uh, uh, really dig deep right. into the issues. And so when with that digging deep and the presentation of all we were able to present, the PNZ board made a decision. Yeah. And then the city council decided that that wasn't a good decision. And after all the time we had all spent, the PNC board made a recommendation. Now, it wasn't a unanimous recommendation. Right. It wasn't, but. Yeah. It was 5-2, um, by the but, way. Yeah, right. But, but you know, um, elections are run like that, too. You don't, yeah. you don't get to win unanimously. Right. You yeah. win a majority. You win a majority, right, <laughs> And yeah. so we had the majority of the PNC board who believed that RE was in the best interest of everybody. Right. And then some members of the council felt like no, that wasn't right. Yeah. And I wonder what that does to our ability to attract volunteers to the community to continue to serve in those roles if if the decisions that those boards make mm -hmm. will be undermined. Right. Well, I think also too that, you know, I think it's also the council's job to look at it from this perspective of of, you know, hey, we've we've they made this decision. There was a lot of discussion about this in the last meeting. Like, what was PNZ's, you know, discussion? What was the city's recommendation? Mm -hmm. um, what has happened since then? What were the decisions that were made? Um, and it, it didn't surprise me um, that uh, they made the decision they made because I think the council has been very forthright, saying, "Look, you know, to us, housing is a big issue." Um, and uh, also, I felt like too that there was potential, you know, you know, a, a litigation issue for for the city if they denied the the the, the replat. Because ultimately, it's interesting is that and I didn't realize you know you cannot just go in if you're a city you cannot go and annex that property. Mm -hmm. They can't they can't proactively annex that into the right. city. It has to be volunteered into the city, right. which. I think ultimately is a good thing because then the developers at least saying, well, I want to have some standards, you know, right. rather than no standards, which is what they're dealing with in center point. Remember in center point, they're looking at doing a project where they have no fire hydrants, you know, because they don't have to do it, you know? So right. and the bare minimum of, of stuff as well. I have no doubt 
that what is going to be installed on that land mm -hmm. is going to be attractive. Right. I'm certain it, they're going to do their best right. to make it as close to what is existing yeah. as possible because that will be attractive to buyers. Yeah. But development doesn't stop at the property line. Right. And if our city is, I, I, I at this point we've got to have some faith in the city engineers. Right. Um, to look at the impacts outside the property line. Right. And um, it is my greatest hope that those folks are able to look at that with um, all of their knowledge and help make decisions that protect citizens. Right. If, if, you know, I will be thrilled to death if they put 45 houses in there and nobody's flood zone. Yeah. I, I, will be, I will come on your show and say I was wrong that would be wonderful. Right. That right. would be great. I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, let's hope that, that let's hope that everything kind of works out uh, mm -hmm. for everybody involved. Um, I, I suspect that we're still we're still going to have. I think there's one more a final reading on this in some meeting soon. Um, but I think one it just speaks to the fact that we're going to be facing these challenges um, over and over and over again as Texas continues to grow. Um, this is not going to be, uh, you know, I, I've heard this now in every project that has come before this, you know, before either the county or the city, uh, uh, you know. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of issues that were um, were brought up, and this has also been one that split. Like if you look at my my comments, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who are split on this as well. It split That's the city fine. council, it split the PNZ. So yeah, I so, understand. It's contentious. Yeah. It's Nobody wants to be told what to do with their own property. Um, right. Nobody wants their property negatively impacted. It's it's a difficult balance, right. and that will be really challenging for the city manager and the city engineer specifically right. uh, to get past um, and and to find that balance. Yeah. I don't envy that individual. R right. I think uh, I think though that this has been a, a really interesting process as well. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 really uh, it's. It's going to be with us for, this is not the last time we're going to hear about this conversation. Probably not. You know, we've already heard it brought up, um, the Lennar Project. Mm -hmm. uh, if you believe that one, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, too, is that, oh, they're going to get, they're going to get, this is why we have to be careful of this conversation, too, is that there were people who were accusing the city council of getting paid by Lennar. Now, listen. Yeah, that I, seems really unlikely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I covered a city where that, that did happen. You know, it's not ruling it out, but. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure Lennar's like, yeah, you know what? Give us some money so we can, you know, build cheap houses over here, you know? That's probably not in their game no, plan. You probably know, th not. They're, they're lucky they're, we're lucky they're even going to be here in the first place. Uh, what brought you guys to Curva? What was the attraction? Um, well, interestingly enough, um, I visited with my mother mm -hmm. uh, three, four years ago. We came here on a quilting retreat, uh -huh. which sounds like a really weird thing. Yeah. It's fabulous. We were at Creations. Right. Um, down the street here. Yes. Julie and Kathy are just a little plug for Creations. I've never been in Love there. Love that shop. It's so great. Go yeah. there. Even if you don't sew, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful place. We had a retreat there. We spent the weekend. Uh, we walked along your river trail. We walked downtown. Yeah. We just fell in love with Kerrville, and we were walking along the river walk, and I don't remember which one of us said it, but wouldn't it be great if we all moved here? Mm -hmm. My mom and dad lived in Houston. Yeah. We lived in Colleen. We were looking for a way to get away from the military. Right. It was time. Yeah. And um, 
a couple weeks later, my mom and dad came back. They decided to put their house on the market, and then we decided to move too. So, right. so now, um, for the first time in my adult life, I'm living in the same town as my parents. The military had me all over the place. All over the place. So, yeah. so now we're we're right. family here, right. and I, I I find it interesting how much credence is given to lifelong Kervilians. Right. Uh, who were lucky enough to be born here. Right. Um, I feel so lucky to have been able to choose to come here. Um, and I love this town. I chose this town right. to raise the remainder of our family in and to get old with my parents here. Right. Um, we love this place. It's older. a great... Uh, older. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's get older first. A great community as well. Uh, a tough conversation, but uh, hopefully um, we can all we can all get along together and, and move forward. Thanks, guys, for being here. Appreciate Thanks for the it. time Thank this morning. Yeah, we really absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, everybody, listen, here's the deal. Tomorrow's show, we may... I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. Delane Sigerman has already said, look, peace out, dude. I'm not coming down the street. I'm not coming down. It's going to be icy. I told her. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, Delane Sigerman has told me that she's not coming down. So oh, watch out. Watch her out. You're all right. You're good. Thank you, guys. Um, she's already said peace out, Lewis. And um, we're going to have her call in. Uh, but as the storm intensifies... We'll see. We'll see what happens with this as well. Um, it's going to be. It's going tomorrow's going to be. It'll probably be challenging. It's going to be definitely cold. It's going to be icy. So we'll see. We may have to do the show from home tomorrow. We'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. We're going to have uh, Kerbal Hills Winery on uh, tomorrow uh, as part of Delane. And this is too bad because Delane loves wine, and we can't talk about wine in, in you know with without Delane. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Friday show, our last guy never showed up, so that's okay. We'll get over it. The Renaissance Fair um, runs through Sunday. It'll be cold. The Farmer's Market has, uh, has canceled its Friday market, just so you guys know. And, again, we have a winter storm, uh, we have a winter storm uh, warning now in effect through tomorrow, and uh, they're expecting some heavy, heavy ice. So there you go. Uh, a lot of good conversations are going on in the uh, – in the um, uh, in the chat as well, uh, Kim Clarkson, who was one of the three that voted against or voted for the project, and I think like I honestly at the end of the day I think Kim, and I and I and I said this to Jennifer before I, I think they made the right decision, you know, getting back into it like from an analysis perspective because if you look at if you look at the project right there's two ways to look at the project that they're talking about one. The developer went, I think, above and beyond what they needed to do. They didn't have to put a platting thing in there, right? And here's where you get down, down to it, right? And I don't think, and, and the other part that we wanna, I want to address too is that Jenneth and them did not, you know, like they, 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 they tried to engage. They, they, did their, they did their work. They were very impressive as well. But I don't believe for a minute there's financial motivations of the city council, okay? Um, that's not true. I've heard this over and over again. I've heard this from both sides of the aisle on this deal. What are they up to? What are they, they going to get? Uh, they get like $25 a month, right? So really, this is what I told Joe Herring yesterday. I said, man, you're brave. You're brave. You're nuts. Because, see, if you're going to run for city council, this is the kind of stuff you've got to deal with, right? And what's the best purpose for it? Now, 
I don't know what Roman Garcia's motivations were for voting against the project, but, but Brenda Hughes told me very succinctly that she had three or four criteria where if it didn't add up to her, she was going to vote against it. And it was a really, some really thoughtful points. You know, you know yes, it, it, it adheres to the 2050 plan, but you know, the neighbors are opposed to it, and this and this and this. Um, so one, you have a developer that despite that they're out of town or whatever they did, they didn't have to do what they did, which was plat it out and say, here's what this is going to look like. And then they didn't have to come back with a compromise plan and say, look, we're going to put a gigantic, you know, uh, uh, you know, a runoff, uh, you know, system un under the road, uh, cause they're going to build a road off of there as well. And, uh, and, and they didn't have to do that either. They didn't have to do a platting plan at all. He said, well, "Can you just annex this in?" And we're, we'll, 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 then, then they could have asked for a replatting and rezoning. So, you know, did they miss on that one? Sure. If I was advising them, I would say yes. You, you missed on that one. But at the same time, though, they've showed a plan that said, "This is what we're going to do." I thought they were fairly transparent. Okay. Now, Jonathan and the neighbors will say, "No, they're not." You know, and but I would argue that they are. So, anyway. That's it. That's all we have time for today. Uh, we'll stay with us the rest of the day. We're going to have more stories and stuff coming out uh, this week. And um, it's just one of those things where we've got uh, a lot going on, you know. Like one day I think to myself, we're not going to be able to get anything done this today. But then all of a sudden, boom, we've got news and stuff. And so tomorrow will probably be a heavy breaking news day. Thanks to Sam Bennett, uh, my uh, consultant over at Facebook for catching something today. Appreciate that. Appreciate you and appreciate all of you guys for joining us today. Good show. Contentious, but thoughtful. And uh, except for Tony Fontaine Jenner. Tony, look, here's the deal. Nobody would want to live next to you uh, because, well, anyway, that's another story altogether. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us. We'll see you guys again on Thursday. Bye. Have a good day.